0: Welcome to On Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by the esteemed Paul Wadlington of InsideTexas.com. It's time for our Thursday Tale of the Tape, where we break down the upcoming opponent and uh, the Longhorns uh, versus that opponent. Uh, This week, Paul, the Houston Cougars, uh, the Longhorns head to Robertson Stadium, 3 o'clock. It'll be a game on Fox uh, on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Highs of the mid-80s, low 90s uh, at game time. Uh, Longhorns plus point favorites in this one, Paul. Um, let's start talking about it overall and what your what your thoughts are on this game before we yeah, dive. Good,
1: good chance at a get right spot for Texas, shake off the loss to Oklahoma, and then, of course, coming off a bye, which is always helpful to rejuvenate some tired legs and, and get some guys off the IR. So we'll, we'll see on some of that uh, later in the week, obviously. But uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm encouraged to see Texas get back into it. I know Texas fans are as well. Uh, I think this is a an opponent that they should be able to get right against and and get their sea legs back. Uh, yeah, let's break it down. Let's talk about the Cougars.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let, let's start with uh, let's start with the Houston offense versus the Texas defense because I think that that's probably the most interesting matchup, in my opinion, at least. Um, Texas right now uh, ranked. Uh, anywhere in the you know i guess total defense somewhere in the third or the 20s or whatever a- averaging giving up 300 plus yards a game about 323 whereas Houston is clearly their strength of their their team is their offense uh they're number 56 overall but number 34 in passing offense at 276 yards a game how does this stack up uh the 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 U of H offense versus the Texas defense ball Well, I think the key to them has been
1: Donovan Smith. He's been pretty steadying for them. Uh, The transfer from Texas Tech, of course, Texas Tech would probably like to have Donovan Smith on the roster at the moment, uh, getting their injury woes at quarterback and their inconsistency. Uh, Look, I I still think he's a pretty limited quarterback, but what he does, he does pretty well. And in the college game, it's pretty threatening. You know, he's a big guy. He's about 6'5, 240. He's a capable runner. He's, He's not going to drop a 55-yard a, a run on you, but third and two, uh, he's run capable, and he, he can go get it, uh, and certainly uh, he can move around a little bit. He's not a statue back there. What he's really done that's impressed me, and I think Colgo has done a good job as well as a quarterback coach, is he's not putting the ball in peril as much as he used to. 13 touchdowns to three interceptions on the year, uh, that's that's a marked change for him historically. Uh, not fumbling a lot when he gets sacked and hit in the pocket. Also, Houston really struggled with pressure early in the season. They've revamped their offensive line some, and I think they've revamped their offense a little. They're getting the ball out faster. They're getting better pass protection, and that's helping Donovan Smith and, and not inflicting so many negative plays on them. They're not having to overcome second and 18, third and 14 quite as often, and of course that's that's going to be beneficial for offense in general.
0: Number 34 over, or excuse me, number 56 overall in, in total offense, Texas at number 26 on defense. Where do you think Texas holds a distinct advantage for its defense versus a U of H? So I think the U of H offensive line outside of left tackle Patrick Paul,
1: who's actually been outstanding this year for them. You'll hear his name called in the NFL draft. He's about 6'7", 315, uh, good base. He's really long and uh you know, if, if if you can't find a way to get inside of his arms, you're blocked on passing downs. So he's been really helpful for them at edge. Uh, the other offensive linemen range from below average to sort of above average. Uh, the center, Jack Freeman's okay. He's pretty good. He's experienced. Tyler Johnson, a name Longhorn fans are familiar with, is the starting guard. Uh, he's been okay. Uh, the other starting tackle, right side, is... Ruben Anuje, and he has been bad. Uh, he's given up a lot of pressure. He leaks a lot. Uh, Tank Jenkins, who's the guy that lines up next to him, has been a decent run blocker. He's pretty physical. He struggles on passing down sometimes. So that's where the Cougars, I think, can be had because they've got a pretty good wide receiver core. Uh, I also think Donovan Smith, You know, I just praised him for taking care of the ball. He's also a big, strong guy. He's still a three or four route quarterback. You know he can't throw the whole route tree. He's not comfortable in sort of a, a a in terms of depth of passing game. But he's got three or four preferred routes that he throws pretty well. So it's incumbent upon Texas to deprive him of those routes on third down and and make Donovan Smith make throws. Uh, typically in his career, when teams do that to him, you, you you see him fall off a cliff a
0: little bit. Interesting. I, I I've called him streaky. Um, and that that seems to be what they they've done, and, and the uh, U of H offense as a whole has been that way a little bit. They scored 28 first half points against Texas Tech, and then Texas Tech shut them out the rest of the way in a 49-28 loss to the Red Raiders. Uh, even against uh, U of H against uh, West Virginia in the last the second comeback win a, a week ago, uh, Donovan Smith finished 16 of 16 uh, the final two quarters. So uh if he gets streaky that could prevent present some problems where do you think Houston can give Texas the most problems with its offense
1: the the standout part of their offense is their wide receiver core uh Samuel Brown the West Virginia transfer has been their number one wide receiver I think that was a little bit of a surprise not only for me but for Houston fans he's been really good uh he was the guy who caught that Hail Mary against West Virginia
0: I thought that and- was Stefan Johnson. That was yeah. Stefan Johnson that caught that. Oh, you're right. Okay, yeah. sorry about that. that
1: a uh, But Brown has been their most consistent pass catcher. Yep. Uh, probably not their most talented pass catcher. That's probably Matthew Golden. Golden is a really fast guy. He's good in the screen game. He's also good deep. He tends to struggle a little bit with injuries here and there. He's, he's one of those wide receivers that's kind of a finely tuned race car, Bobby. And uh, he's always in the shop and you're always driving the loner. So that's that's uh Golden. He's been really outstanding in the kickoff return game. He's brought back two kicks for touchdowns for Houston this year. Obviously, that's going to be a point of emphasis for Texas. And then finally, Joseph Manjack, the transfer from USC, has been a very capable sort of middle possession guy. Uh, All in all, they've got an, certainly an upper quartile Big 12 wide receiver group. The question is... Are they able to exploit that group because of their offensive line and because of Donovan Smith's streakiness? Also running back for them, just sort of guys, you know, not not bad, not good. If there's a good hole, they'll they'll run through it. If there's not, they're not going to create a lot, much more than that. Uh, And they've struggled to run the ball against better defenses. So I think Texas will probably try to make Houston one-dimensional as quickly as possible and then start to pare down the options in their passing game and and make them a little more predictable.
0: I'm looking at it, uh, Houston's rushing offense. you mentioned, just number 93 in the country at 134 yards a game. Clearly, uh, Houston tries to get its quarterback involved in the run game, and that's something that uh, stymied Texas a week ago against Oklahoma. Uh, Overall, though, it looks like it's, you know, on paper, it looks like, you know, strength on strength at some level, Although I just worry about Texas in the downfield passing game and getting their their cornerbacks on an island against this U of H defense. And, and, you know, their receivers make plays. They make plays.
1: Yeah, I just think the key to this game will be resiliency. Houston's going to make some plays, but they're not a consistent down-to-down offense. One thing you'll also notice when you watch Houston, particularly under Dana Holgerson, but this has been – Kind of a future, a feature of Houston football uh, from time to time, but really under Holgerson, and last year, and certainly parts of this year, they can do pretty dumb stuff. You know, dumb penalties, not just standard football stuff. I mean, they'll be on a streak in an important end of half situation, and they're going to go score, and they'll have an offensive lineman grab a guy by his face mask and swing him down to the, you know, I mean, just really dumb stuff and and it's really hurt them. The also other the other thing too from a defensive standpoint is just to be resilient. You know, Houston will hit you for a 28-yard pass doesn't mean the next three passes are going to be successful. You know, it's it's you have to line up and play hard again and inflict a negative play and and if you do, Houston tends to move between the 30s and the 20s and not always end up getting points out of it. You know, yeah. For their offensive explosiveness that they can demonstrate, Bobby, they're only averaging about 31 points per game on the season. and They haven't exactly played murderer's
0: row. That's interesting. Uh, Texas uh, having issues in the red zone themselves. Let's Before we move on to the Texas offense, uh, Paul, I want you to please say thank you to our sponsor, uh, Gabe Winslow. Here's a guy good from every part of the field. Red
1: zone, he hammers it in. Uh, on your 20 he's going to throw an 80 yard touchdown and deliver for you that's Gabe Winslow you can reach him at 832-557-1095 or mortgagesbygabe.com hey interest rates are up right now uh there's no no doubt that that's the case however that makes it a fairly opportune time to go buy a house you've got the cash you can weather the interest rates uh, and certainly a refi down the road is an option uh, when things get a little more emulative uh, Gabe is the guy that can make the plan for you Gabe is really good at what he does. Over 20 years in the industry, diehard Longhorn, and really darn good at what he does. The folks that I've sent to him and Bobby and I have sent to him have raved about his service. Uh, you can find it on every Inside Texas thread when we post about him. Uh, reach out to him. Find out why he's a cut above the average
0: mortgage guy. All right. Uh, thank you, Paul. And thank you, Gabe, for your continued sponsorship of Tail of the Tape and on Texas football. Uh, Paul, the Texas defense, excuse me, the Texas offense, begins the game number 14 overall in the country, 486 yards per game. They're averaging over 500 yards per game in conference play. U of H, meanwhile, this is not the best defense that Texas will face. The, the Cougars right now giving up 429 yards a game, number 113 in the conference. If there was a, seemed to be a, a big gap between the two schools, it would be the Texas offense versus the U of H defense. Clearly.
1: Yeah. There is a a decided advantage here for Texas. Uh, Texas has a lot of weapons and U of H has been pretty open to getting exploited by weapons. And what's interesting, Bobby is that whatever you want to do, typically teams have been able to do it. So three different opponents have thrown for 300 plus against U of H three different opponents have run, for 200 plus against u of h some of those were the same game so you had the 300 200 combo which is generally not a good thing for your defense Also, on an efficiency basis, they're giving up 6.2 yards per play. However, if you go a little deeper in advanced analytics and you look at the strength of offense faced, Houston has faced fairly weak offenses. In aggregate, I think they're in the 60s or 70s. Uh, Sam Houston State might be the worst offense in football. And that's one of the teams that Houston beat and actually handled on defense. They held Sam Houston to seven. Uh, Sam Houston's averaging 12 points a game. So that, that gives you some perspective. And there's a reason they're 0-6. So uh, give you a little further perspective, West Virginia <clears throat> plays a little bit of a ball control offense, not very explosive. Houston loaded up the box to try to take away the run game. And Green, the West Virginia quarterback, who's more of a dual threat, went over the top for 391 yards passing against them. So they are they are vulnerable. Uh, and what I kind of try to look at, particularly for a defense beyond the scheme and beyond their execution, is how many dudes do they have? And, and where are those dudes? Well, by my count, Houston's got four. They've got three in their secondary and one on their defensive line. Uh, I'll start at the defensive line. That's Edge Nelson Caesar. He's a defensive end. He's about 6'3", 250, Uh, He's a good speed guy, but he can also convert speed to power on his pass rush. He's their most effective defensive lineman. He's the one most likely to get pressure on Ewers. The rest of the defensive line, nothing too exciting or, or, you know, much to write home about. Uh, David Agubegu, the Oklahoma transfer, starts at the other edge. He's been fine for them. Not particularly a difference maker. Their linebackers, Bobby, Bad. Bad players. Uh, so Houston tries to cover for that by just firing them through gaps, run blitzing. Uh, that's not always a good plan against a running back like Jonathan Brooks, who has a gift for eluding that first tackler and then getting upfield. And then finally, in their secondary, they do have three guys that, that I like. Uh, each one's kind of different. Their most complete player is their cornerback. His name's Isaiah Hamilton. He's got three picks on the year for them. He's kind of a boom bust guy out there on the corner. He'll, he'll go, he'll, he'll, uh, he'll take a chance to go get a ball and and make a play on it. And of course that can cut against him, particularly against, uh, you know, Xavier Worthy. That said, he's a transfer from Texas Southern played there for three years and he's been their standout in the, in the U of H secondary. Uh, The other two guys are interesting. They're kind of situational frickin' frack here. AJ Halsey transfer from New Mexico. He's their leading tackler. About a 215 pound box safety, really physical, great nose for the ball, brings it. I mean, hits hard, not good in coverage. If, if, if Texas can get him exposed in coverage, he is going to fail. His counterpart is Malik Robinson, little dynamic guy, about barely five foot eight, probably 175 pounds, soaking wet with a thick towel. And He is very active. He's got three picks on the year as well and runs around everywhere and sort of makes plays. But if you ask him to support against the run, he'll make the tackle. But, you know, he's going to be diving at a shoelace to do it. Uh, He just doesn't have the size to hold up in the running game. So that's kind of their guys. And everyone else on their defense is either bad or average. So I think Texas will have plenty of targets of opportunity on the Houston defense. The key is Texas just can't slit their own throat with, with stupid penalties or turnovers or, or missing blocks or assignments.
0: Yeah, It sounds like Texas should, at least on paper, it's one of those that, that looks very clear, right, Paul, that Texas should uh, have a one-up on, on U of H here. But that's why they play the game as well. Um, I want to I go in next to special teams. Uh, The Longhorns have been good on special teams. Not great. Uh, The Cougars have have scored some on Texas on special teams and have a pretty good uh, punt return team right now Um, and punt returner in particular. What do you think of the the matchup here on special teams? At least Burt Auburn now seems like he's back on track after last week uh, against OU.
1: Yeah, so Malik Fleming is their punt returner. He's been okay. It's it's more their kick return game that's really hurt people. Uh, Matthew Golden is averaging 51 yards a return, Bobby. Wow. <laughs> he's, he's got five on the year for 255 yards. Uh, two of them he's housed, one of them a 100-yarder. Uh, now, opponents, U of H has given up a kickoff return touchdown, and they've also given up a punt return touchdown. So – some opportunity here that cuts both ways. I would think the easiest thing for Texas to do, and, and I think Will Stone's shown good leg this year, better than last year, you know, might just want to kick it out the end zone. Uh, Texas coverage teams have been pretty good, as you said. However, I think there may be an opportunity for Texas on the going the other way. Uh, certainly Xavier Worthy, we've seen him close to maybe bringing one back. Uh, he's also given us some uh, excitement the in the other direction not fielding punts cleanly Uh, and then kickoff returns keelan robinson he's come out of there with some intention a few times from the end zone it seems like he may not be far from from a good kickoff return as well so that's something to watch you know on either side that this could be a a, just another thing that makes the game more exciting and high scoring but i would think texas is going to avoid matthew golden as a kick returner
0: yeah i i would i would try like heck to do that and uh, Malik Fleming has some speed too in the kick return uh, my question is what's Texas going to do it, it, could it be time for Texas to look different than Xavier Worthy at punt return given his uh, you know lack of fielding some punts uh, and lack of clean hands could Jonte Cook get a chance uh, anybody else uh, back there for the Longhorns possibly getting a chance and then the same at, at the kick return Ke- Keelan Robinson while he's looked okay hasn't looked great he's uh muffed a couple uh balls into the end zone as well so it'll be interesting to see exactly what texas decides to do uh because that is one of the things i was talking to eric Nalin about this on wednesday at the state of, on the state of the program uh he steve Sarkeesian on monday came out pretty strong saying that special teams needed to be a, a greater focus uh for the longhorns and in capitalizing on that because they, they feel like they have some uh Athletic advantages there uh, through the back half of the season, so uh, we'll see exactly what that means. Uh, Paul, I want to ask you for your keys to the key, keys to this game. Like, what are the two or three things you're really looking for uh, to to possibly key a Longhorn victory?
1: I think offensively, Texas needs to be aggressive. Uh, they need to, frankly, not slit their own throats because that's the easiest way for Houston to get Texas off the field. The other thing to to consider, Bobby. Houston on defense has been really bad on money downs. I wrote an article about that and put it on Inside Texas a couple of days ago. But just to give you a quick recap, they're giving up around 51% combined on third and fourth down. They're giving up 89% on fourth down. Opponents have gone for it nine times on fourth down against U of H. They've gotten eight of them. Uh, that's got to be something the coaches notice. And I think even though it's a road game, Once Texas passes their own 45 yard line, I think they're in two down. I think they're in four down territory. And I think they're in two down territory if it's third and seven. I think they need to call the game like that. And also, don't shy away. You know, Houston is, I think they're aware of the injuries for Texas at center. I think they're aware that there's going to be an inexperienced player there. Uh, They know that they've got weaknesses at linebacker. I'm, I'm sure they're going to bring some double A gap blitzes. I think they're going to bring some overloads. If they inflict a negative play, fine, move on to the next down, but keep attacking. There's no need to lay up against this Houston defense if it's third and 13. Throw the ball 15, 18 yards down the field, and Texas will convert their fair share of those. Uh, I do think there's a a big premium on coming out strong on offense, getting a lead. And frankly, if it's fourth and three at the 50-yard line, there's no reason the punt team should be coming out there go for it, keep the pressure on them, let the offense build some momentum, get some points on the board, and then give the Texas defense a lead to defend.
0: Got it. All right. I I agree. I, I think that Texas, mine, I circled this and it's, they can't score three points against U of H. This can't be a field goal game. Not when a team can get hot on offense, conversely. And that really gets back down to, you know, in the off week or two weeks, did they start really working on red zone efficiency uh, for the Longhorns? And if they did, are they going to be ex- be able to execute and be successful? Uh, a 20 plus point spread, Paul, is just uh, a big number. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if Texas can hold through that. Uh, appreciate your time talking today. Anything, any final thoughts before we let people go? No, I actually wanted to mind your – I sort of mentioned uh, my key to the game and being on the offense. What do you think about the Texas defense? What do they need to do first and foremost? Yeah, I think that – look, they're going to – Dana Holgerson's going to try to isolate his receivers one-on-one um, against the corners and the safeties uh, and test them uh, because I do think his wide receivers are the best. I think that the key for Texas in this this game is to get a pass rush. Um, to get a real pass rush from the interior and the exterior to kind of uh, close in, make the walls close on Donovan Smith uh, so that he has to, you know, when he, when he gets out of the pocket, he's going backwards first before he's able to go forwards. Um, If that's, if they can do that and kind of keep in their lanes, I feel like the Texas defense should be okay. I like you. I believe that U of H will make plays on offense. They have too many good skill guys not to, and the offense is such that it, it lends itself to it, right? I mean, that's what the spread is all about in some ways. So I feel like uh, they have to get the pass rush going. Uh, stop the run and get the pass rush going against U of H uh, for the Texas defense. All right. I like it. All right, uh, Paul, that's going to do it. Uh, sponsored by Gabe Winslow again uh, of Market Advantage. You can reach him at Mortgages uh, by Gabe. Also, Paul and I uh, write each and every day for uh, a site called InsideTexas.com. We hope everybody's familiar with it, but if you're not, uh, please consider a subscription there. Use the promo code OTFIT23. That's OTFIT23. And right now you get two months subscription for just $1, but you have to make sure you select the monthly code. And Paul, give the people the name of your uh, really good podcast as well. Yeah. A couple of episodes up this
1: week, talking about the U of H matchup in the larger, broader world of college football. It's called Everyone Gets a Trophy. You can find it wherever you listen to your podcast. And uh, you think you should, I think you should enjoy it. Uh, we even talk a little Iowa football, Bobby. <laughs> Nothing like that high-performing offense to, to discuss. Uh, it's it's good stuff. We try to have fun with it. We provide a little analysis with it as well. So Everyone Gets a Trophy podcast. Thanks, Bobby.
0: All right. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate it. That's been tailing of the Tape on Texas football.